Well, good morning, coaches from all over the place. Looks like we've got people coming in from lots of places. Uh, if you have not yet done so, please go ahead and shout out in the chat box. Let us know where you're calling in from. Uh, also, oh, I guess a good evening to our friend David McKay coming from all the way across that big old pond in the UK. Uh, so glad to have you here from all over the place. Uh, but let us know where you're from. Also, let us know. Uh, if this is your first time on Real Talk, we always like to ask who's been here before and who is this the first Real Talk. Uh, also, one other thing with those chat boxes, make sure that you have looked at that little blue uh, rectangle there. Make sure you click there and make sure that says everyone. Uh, if it's not to everyone, not everyone will be able to see it. And part of the reason that this is important is Real Talk webinars are recorded and we do allow them to live on in that Real Talk recordings tab inside of your FCMT account. And everything that goes to everyone will actually allow you to see that. Uh, we do keep a transcript of the chat box that we share with that. But again, that transcript only shows the things to everyone. So if yours says to hosts and panelists or, or to one person in particular, no one else is going to see that. Uh, like the, the hosts and panelists will see it but nobody else will see it and that will be sad because sometimes we have some really great conversation, some great encouragements, uh, some great moments that have been shared. I saw a couple of people kind of getting reunited uh, that have, had not been seeing each other in a, no, a couple of years there. So again, really, really cool opportunities to connect with people. Uh, a couple quick things about the panel this morning because those of you that have been here before, you know that the panel looks a little different than it normally does. Uh, a lot more beards this time around. Uh, <laughs> so there is that. Uh, the panel this morning uh, consists of myself, Tim Mann, one of the senior coaches, joined this morning by Mr. Justin Weaver and our friend Irwin joining us from our FPU team who also participates with coaching uh, alongside our group coaching that we offer to members of Ramsey Plus. Uh, so no stranger to coaching, but if you haven't seen Irwin around before, that would be why. Uh, for those of you that are asking, what happened to Lisa and Les? Yes, they still work here. No, they did not disappear. Uh, Les is out and we didn't allow them to retire either. That's not happening. No, no not going to happen. Uh, so Les happens to be out, had a second family emergency, a, a death in the extended family in about a month. Uh, so prayers are appreciated for Les. Uh, many of you have gotten to know him uh, over these last weeks, months, or even years. And so uh, his family is kind of walking through that process. And Lisa's out this morning with an appointment speaking uh, to some local people here about personal finance. And uh, so you, you got stuck with us. The I don't know if we're, we'll, probably, we'll find out in the next hour if you all got the A team or the B team this morning. Uh, I guess we'll see how that works out. Uh, but again, if this is your first time on Real Talk, we are so excited you are here. If you have been here before, you know a little bit more about how this goes, but not completely because if you've been here before, you know that things can always get a little bit different, a little bit uh, vulnerable. Uh, sometimes we, we share some really uh, intimate stuff together. We have some really deep conversation. We talk through some really powerful stuff. Uh, now, as always, is you have things to share with each other uh, or best for the, the panel uh, or for the, all of the whole group, you can share that here in the chat box. Again, just make sure you're writing that to everyone. Uh, a lot of great stuff there. If you do have questions for the panel about today's topic, there's also a Q&A box for you here in this function. Uh, it's on your toolbar. It's a little button there that says Q&A. You can share questions for the panel. If there's questions you would like us to try to get to live, that's going to be your best spot because as you will see, if you've not been here before, this chat box moves very, very quickly. Uh, sometimes it scrolls very fast and uh, we, we want to make sure that we're able to get to questions and not lose them. Now, also, there's going to be a lot of questions that you may have that are not within the scope of today's discussion. Doesn't mean that's not a good thing. Uh, it just means that we're going to be limited because we do have a very specific topic we're going to be discussing today. More on that in just a second here. Um, but we do have a very specific topic. And so as always, as you have questions on any other topics other than what we're talking about today, things about your FCMT account, things you're hearing in the videos, questions about your development calls, anything along the lines, Feel free, as always, to reach out to our team at coach.chat at ramseysolutions.com, coach.chat at ramseysolutions.com. That email exists exclusively for all of you here inside of FCMT and the Coach Accelerator uh, to be able to reach out to our team. So we want to make sure that you have that available to you. Um, but again, as you have questions on today's topic, we'd love to have you drop those here in the Q&A box. Uh, so I think that covers most of our housekeeping stuff. Got that done pretty quickly here in our first five minutes, we can jump into the good stuff. Today's conversation, y'all, actually is, it was sparked by someone asking a really good question in the chat box on our previous Real Talk that we didn't 
have a chance to really dive into and we would uh, want to. And so hopefully uh, that person, if you're on the call today or not, you're, you're checking out the recording. And again, just a quick reminder, this is recorded. Uh, so you will be able to catch a recording of this. Uh, so if something happens and you have to leave early. Uh, we understand we will miss you. Uh, obviously, it's best to be here live because you get to participate in the chat box. Uh, but also, we do record these. And if you're listening to the recording, you already know this. Uh, but we're excited to be able to share this recording with you after. Uh, but the question was asked last time in relation to faith and coaching. Now, and one of the things that Ramsey Solutions has not made it a big secret of is, is our stance in the faith world. Um, and so if you're not familiar as much with us, we can cover a little bit of that today. Um, but one of the things that's really, really interesting is how do we utilize faith in our coaching? When to utilize it? How to utilize it? When do we jump in? When do we not? And so I would love to have some really good discussion on that this morning, which is part of the reason uh, we, we brought in our good friend, Erwin. Uh, Erwin, what was your role before you joined the team here at Ramsey Solutions? Well, um, I was a full-time pastor at one time <laughs> back in the day, and uh, my father uh, was a pastor his whole life, so 61 years, so I grew up in a pastor's home, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm still in a pastor's home because he lives with me now, so <laughs> for some degree, but uh, yeah, that's my, that's my world, my background, uh, for sure. Awesome. So... Gentlemen, let me start off with this question this morning, because I think this is a really interesting one. Um, how do we go about asking, determining, exploring, finding out the faith perspectives of our clients? Yeah, this is a, a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, right, as coaches, because we're always wanting to know what are the values of the client in front of us? Because your values are tied in with your goals, with your financial future, with everything that we want to know about a person. So uh, oftentimes this comes across in your early conversations or even in your mm -hmm. consultations as you're working with folks, helping to identify uh, you know, where they are in their journey. How big does faith play a role in their lives, if at all? And how central is that to their, their guiding purpose in life? Um, because if you know this ahead of time, well, you can tie in all sorts of other things from your coaching practice into helping them achieve their goals and help them live out a life that is going to reflect their values. Because we tie all that back into just even how we do something as simple as a budget, right? If you show me your calendar and your budget, this is what Dave talks about, I can tell you exactly what you value because of your time and your money, how you spend those things. So I think it's a, it's a key piece to the puzzle when working with a client. Erwin, what do you think? Let yeah. me explore that with somebody. Sure. Well, I think um, early on, I listened for cues just from hearing their story as we're trying to unpack who it is that we're talking to. And, um, you know, I think as you said earlier here at Ramsey, we've never, we've never made a secret about who we are and what we stand for. Dave's been very, very open about that for all this time. So I have a natural way to go ahead and start talking about it because that's the perspective from which I'm coming. And so I want them, they should know that. But I think early on, just in that, when we're, we're doing a consultation or getting to know someone, that's a natural question to come up. Like, what's your, what's your perspective on, on life and money? Uh, something like that. And then often they'll be able to say uh, where, where they are and just direct questions, always a, a good way to go as well. Yeah. And so I, I love what we've been talking about already here. Like the, the values and beliefs that somebody hold are often and largely driven by their perspective, by their view of the world, by their understanding of the world. And if we really want to understand somebody's perspective when they come into a coaching session with us, we can't do that successfully if we ignore the spiritual spoke on the wheel of life. But that is a huge element. That is, uh, if you're familiar with Zig Ziglar's Wheel of Life, and if you're not, go ahead and check it out on a simple Google search. Uh, but there's seven different spokes in the wheel of life. And one of them is spiritual. If the spiritual spoke is broken, that can be a huge challenge. And, and so, and by the way, the, the, we're gonna get into a little bit more of the specifics in the future on this call. But as you're thinking through on this call, if, if you 
are or are not a person of faith. And again, we're going to come back to us as coaches here in a few minutes. Right now, we're talking about our, our clients' perspectives. This is important. Right? Understanding your clients' perspectives, views, worldview, all those things, that's massively important. And so what do you do? How do you handle these things differently, for example, if you have somebody who has a faith perspective versus somebody who does not have a faith perspective? I run us all that eyebrow raise. <laughs> Go ahead and jump in here. Uh, well, obviously, if, if they don't have a faith perspective and that's not their worldview, uh, that doesn't mean obviously we can't help them, but, but I also like to interject wisdom principles. Uh, Dave does that all the time uh, in the show and in the uh, financial piece. So it's, it's a natural thing for me to say, Hey, this is just wisdom. Whether you, where you believe in God or not, these wisdom principles work. And there are uh, things that we know, right. Uh, being intentional, being living on a plan, living on less than you make, saving for the future. These are all ways to interject wisdom from the Bible into conversation, whether someone has that uh, background or not. And it's a good way to get them exposed to uh, biblical principles. It's, it's, it's who we are. So, uh, you know, we're not going to shy away from that. And that's an easy way to work that in. And it's a very practical way to get them thinking about the values part of this journey, right? No matter if it's not a faith journey, you still have to have beliefs and values about how you do things. And so this is a way to get them thinking that way. Yes, yeah, I see two sides of it, right? Because there's the questions that we ask as coaches, good, open-ended questions, asking them, what are your values? What's important to you? Uh, we talk about on the, the giving side of the equation, right? Uh, well, giving is pretty open-ended what do you find is most important to you to give to? What causes are you interested in? Where do you like to help other people? Because that's, that's the whole purpose behind this whole money journey, right? Is to get you financially stable so that you can live and give like no one else. Mm -hmm. So we can't ignore that giving part. Uh, that's interacting with the client. But also I want to bring in the other aspect of too, of you as the coach, we talk about boundaries, Tim, a lot in our development calls and helping people establish boundaries for their practice. This is an important topic for you as a coach, if you're here on this call, to be working through. What are my core beliefs? What are my core values as part of my coaching practice? How am I going to approach some of these conversations that are going to happen? Because as you walk with people in your coaching practice, y'all, life has a tendency to throw some hard situations at us. And if you're sitting in the seat of a coach working with a client, chances are they're going to bring you into some of the messier parts of their lives. And what a privilege, first off, to be invited into that part of the conversation. But number two, go ahead and be doing some of the work on the front end, establishing your own values and boundaries, your own identity as a coach, and how you're going to weave those values and beliefs into your coaching practice so that you're prepared when the moment comes. So let's continue to make this difficult on ourselves at the beginning here, because then we can talk about the more fun stuff at the end. We talk about what, the hard stuff. Let's go. Yes. What happens when you sit down with somebody who shares a faith perspective completely different than yours? So, for example, it's one thing to come across somebody who says, you know, it's, it's not something important to me. Right? I, I, maybe there's God, maybe there's not, I don't really care. Um, doesn't matter to me. And, and so maybe they're almost more of a humanist, um, which can in and of itself be a faith perspective, but this isn't a theology podcast. So that's, we'll have to save that conversation for another day. Ooh, we um, should turn it into one. That would be fun. Maybe we, we, we either get more people to show up on Wednesdays or less. I don't know. Um, but one of the things that I think is really interesting is what happens when you find somebody who actively disagrees with your faith perspective? How do you handle somebody when you sit down? And, and again, this, this is true whether, uh, and I know that I'll just call this out. Statistically speaking, the majority of coaches on this call probably come from a Christian background of some stripe, but not all. And we know that we've had a lot of conversations. I've had a lot of conversations with you, but statistically speaking, so it could be that you have a, a coach under the umbrella of Christianity with a client who's not, but it could also go the other direction. 
And I've had great conversations with a number of coaches who would not put themselves under the umbrella of Christianity that worked with clients that are. And so whichever way these chips may happen to fall, how do you handle a conversation where somebody has a faith perspective counter to yours, opposite of yours, massively different than yours? I think part of it comes back to what are the questions that that person is really asking in the back of their mind? Can you help me? Do you understand me? And can I trust you? Now, we can share our faith perspective as part of that conversation. But at the same time, even if I'm working with someone who's got a completely different set of uh, values, religion, faith-based, whatever it is, or, or agnostic or atheist, as a coach, can I still help that person improve their lives, better their goals, move down the baby steps, all those things? Absolutely. Would I shy away from sharing my views, my values as part of that? For me, no. I would still include that as part of my coaching practice. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be beating them down the door or shoving them out the door. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not, you're not in my faith community. I, I'm not going to coach you. That's not part of how I set up the boundaries for my practice. It uh, doesn't mean that it's not open for conversation, but really what you're trying to get down to is, can you help this person? Do they feel like that they can trust you? And can you move them from point A to point B? Sometimes we have to earn the right to have that conversation. Just so I want to hit on something you just said. I think this is an important question to ask. Is it possible? Is it appropriate? for you to set up your practice and say, this is one of my boundaries. I'm only interested in willing with people of a similar spiritual stripe to myself. Sure, it's absolutely possible. A part of, as we're talking with coaches and helping them through our development calls is to help uh, identify your niche. Where's your passion point? Who do you love helping with? I, I talk with coaches on a lot of calls that they have a passion to help uh, young folks get started, right? Or young families, or maybe they have a passion to help uh, pre-retirees become retirees. There's a lot of different avenues you can go down with that. Um, some people love starting to get into coaching people at their local church, uh, especially those that are struggling, right? What could the people of God do for the kingdom of God? They were out of debt. Right? That's something that Dave talks about in Financial Peace University all the time. Erwin, you could probably talk more to that. But that, that's one of the great things about getting to set up your own coaching practice. And part of the conversations around setting boundaries is you get to set some of those parameters. Erwin, mm-hmm. your thoughts yeah. on this? Yeah, I think, I mean, you can. But I, I find that, as I've heard Dave say this on the radio, I said, I'm, we're here to help anybody. Right. It doesn't matter whether mm-hmm. we agree on all things or not, because we're not going to. But but if we're, we're doing Ramsey coaching. Right. So we're, we're coaching based on the seven baby steps and what Dave's been teaching for 30 years. And that's an area that we can find commonality, even if if the foundations, our principles are not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's common ground somewhere. And, and that's, I think, as coaches, we want to find that. We want to find, hey, you're coming to Ramsey. You're, you're listening to Dave Ramsey, hopefully. And so we, we have that grid that we can operate in. And uh, whether, whether certain tenants are not the same or not doesn't matter. We can find an area to help and get in and help with your budget, whatever it is. But uh, there's areas of common uh, ground that we can find. And that's what we build on. Because this is a really interesting thing that we oftentimes will, will come across. And for those of you that are, are far enough in your training, I know some of you have been around for a while. I'm seeing some familiar names of people I've known for years and some people who are just jumping in. When you get to your third development call, we talk about the framework of faithful, available, compatible, and teachable clients. The faith element can fall under compatible. You may find that this is not even a hard and fast line always that there are certain clients who you are going to be compatible despite a difference of faith perspectives and certain clients with whom you will not be compatible. And that's okay because you're not the coach for everybody out there. 
everybody could you benefit from a coach. Not everybody can be benefit from coaching with you. And Kathy, it's faithful, available, compatible, and teachable. Fact. So th this is one of those interesting things. So spending some time learning about our clients early on. What's their perspective? What is their worldview? Where are they coming from in this? What is important to them? What do they hold to? Because gentlemen, what happens if we try to coach somebody in opposition to their faith viewpoint or worldview? What tends to happen in those moments? There's likely going to be some conflict. Because I'm, I'm directly challenging a core value that they have. Mm -hmm. Now, as a, as a coach, it's a great position to be in to ask questions, to get them to examine them, themselves, their beliefs, and their values. We do it all the time, right? Even in other spheres beyond just the, uh, the faith-based, right? The religion-based. We do it all the time with their beliefs around debt, with uh, getting out of debt, uh, not doing credit cards, right? Not doing car leases, the right types of insurance, how they should view investing, financial planning. We challenge our clients' beliefs all the time. And this is one thing that I would, I would kind of broaden the conversation out to a little bit is that coaches, do you require that your clients be in line with all of your beliefs as it becomes to the baby steps, how Dave-ish or full-on in gazelle intense they are before you'll start coaching them? Most of my client interactions, the client is not fully balled in on the baby steps and the way that I teach in the, my coaching practice. And so part of it is I take you where you are, we accept them where they are, and then we challenge them to improve and grow beyond that. Erwin, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the main thing for me is if if I'm coaching someone, I want to find out where they are uh, overall and then meet them where, where they are, right? I mean, I think that's what we're talking about. I, I'm not going to compromise the principles I believe in as far as the Ramsey way, but, but I've had plenty of coaching interactions where, where faith was not an integral what we were talking about. So we focused on, on the things that we were uh, in agreement with in that context and coaching them through the Ramsey steps. So the, I think the bottom line, I think people have been saying this, we, you know, we as coaches, we, we should care about the people we're in relationship with and they should know that and they should be able to sense that. So whether, whether or not we have an overt conversation about faith or Jesus or the Bible, uh, that should always come across. And then, you know, we'll, we'll stick to coaching them in the principles and the things that they're asking us to do. And, uh, serve them well. And I think that's where I come from. By the way, I just wanted to agree with something Aaron said here in the chat box that this topic cannot be fully unraveled in one hour. You're right. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna really pull this thread for an hour, y'all. See how much of this sweater we can undo. Um, but th this is part of the thing that makes this conversation so important is that understanding of how we meet clients where they are, how we choose to interact with clients who have a worldview that is different. And sometimes that worldview is something as specific as credit cards, as debt, as how a couple should handle their money together, which by the way, can also be directed by their religious views. There are a number of religions that have very specific and set roles for different members of a family. And if we're trying to push on somebody who has a different perspective or a different worldview, our view of their roles from a cultural perspective, that can be an interesting challenge as well. And so there's a lot of things for us to be aware of, a lot of difficulties, but again, we're not going to fully help somebody if we don't understand their perspective. If we haven't taken the time to ask, what is your faith perspective? How important is your faith perspective to you? How does what you believe about the world, about other people, about how you're supposed to live, your morality, all those things, how do those things impact who you believe that you are and what you're supposed to do with your money as a result of that? 
because if we miss those things, we're not really coaching the whole person on their finances. Let, let's turn these things internally here for a few minutes. Uh, Justin Irwin, let me ask you all this question. Why is it important to be aware of your own faith perspective as it relates to your coaching? How can your faith perspective impact your coaching? Erwin, I'll jump in first. Um, <laughs> you seem, you're letting me in there. Okay. For me, it ties directly into not only my story, but my why. Why I love helping people, why I love coaching as the avenue to help other people. Um, I, I don't know that I could take my, my faith journey out of my coaching practice. Um, it's, it's the reason why I come to work every day is because I love getting to do what I get to do here, helping coaches and helping clients. Uh, and the financial part of it is just one aspect of coaching. And we don't really even spend a whole lot of time in coaching on the raw math, right? The raw numbers. It's about life change. And for me, so much of my own journey and my own story is wrapped up in the faith aspect of it. I don't, I don't think I can untangle it. Like I would be a different person. I would have a different why I would have a different story. And so part of our, uh, part of our role in, in helping to introduce conversation with folks and, and uh, in the consultation process is we share our own story where you can find common threads with other people. That's where you can help build relationship. You can help build trust. So as I'm sharing my own story of, of, you know, my family and my wife and I struggling through debt, and uh, some, of, some of the challenges that, that we had as a family. And we were just spinning our wheels for years and, and feeling the, the anxiety around money. And it ties into some of these other aspects of my story. I bring all of that in to that conversation. And I see what resonates with that other person that I'm talking to. And then we build on that as part of the relationship. So I don't know. I don't know that I could get it out if I wanted to. <laughs> uh, I think it's, 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 it's fully, I mean, for me, it's fully who I am. It's, it's the foundation, the core of who I am, but that doesn't mean that um, we can't help somebody who doesn't think that way or believe that way. In fact, I would think Jesus often met people who maybe didn't have a, a faith a faith perspective like his, but that didn't stop him from interacting with them, healing them, bringing uh, freedom to them in that opportunity. And I think uh, for me, uh, Isaiah 61 is kind of the manifesto of my life. It was Jesus manifesto. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. <laughs> so whether, whether that's whether they come to faith in Christ or not doesn't matter. I have an opportunity in that moment to intersect with them in that part of their life and to bring a perspective uh, from, from God into their life. And, and whether or not that's something that they come to faith or not doesn't matter. They're still hopefully going to have a positive interaction with someone who's a Christian, <laughs> who cares about them and, and who wants them to have a good life. And we have that opportunity to encourage someone. I also always want to see somebody from the value of who they are. I believe God values every person. And I want my interaction with them. I want them to know that, to have that opportunity to break off shame or guilt or fear or whatever it is that is on their life. And again, whether that's overtly speaking scripture over them or not, but just through the words, our words are powerful. And when we mm -hmm. speak to someone whether they're aware of it or not, there is a, I believe God's presence is with us. You know, I believe that. So if I'm speaking to someone, I am confident that God can speak to them and he's close to the brokenhearted. And how many times do we interact with someone who's brokenhearted? And so if I believe that God is near to them, it's an opportunity to just be that uh, person who can comfort them, care for them, encourage them, whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. Guys, talk to me for a few minutes, talk to all of us here for a few minutes about the value of authenticity in your coaching. The value of authenticity in your coaching. 
you know, as Erwin was talking, one of the pictures that came to my mind, um, and I was just mesmerized there for a moment, Erwin. So I'm glad that you joined this call today with us. Um, there are so many easy examples of toxic behaviors, toxic pictures around money, around faith, around non-faith in the world today. It's easy to be cynical and it's easy uh, as a person of faith or as a person of just out there in, in the world to, to get bogged down in cynicism and skepticism. That's an easy chair to fall into right now. Um, part of authentic faith and authentic practice as a coach for me is, you know, that, that basic line, you know, live what you preach. And if nothing else, to Erwin's point, if you're not even, uh, even if you never speak scripture or, or open in prayer or anything like that in your coaching sessions with others, displaying a life that lines up with what you're telling people to do and showing them the way and showing them a positive example of what that life looks like can be aspirational to that person that's on the other side of the fence, that's on the other side of the table from you. And so being authentic is one of the key pieces of being a coach, right? It goes back to those questions I talked about. Can I trust you? Well, if you're inauthentic, most people can smell that a mile away. They can smell the fakeness. And so if you're not authentic with your own core values, your own faith values, your own uh, mission for your business, for your coaching practice, they're going to they're going to see that. They're going to feel that. They're going to walk away from interactions with you going, yeah, that person talked a good game, but I don't know. There was something off with that. And that's not a way that you can lead someone to a transformed life. Well, I, I understand uh, living inauthentically. I think everybody on this call has moments in your life where, where we were faking it. Uh, I, I, I'm a recovering codependent. <laughs> if anybody uh, relates to that, um, and so it's been a it's been a journey over the last ten years for me of of discovering how God created me, who I am, um, my uh, unique expression of who He is in this world, and how He wants to manifest that through me, and to come to a place where I'm at rest with that. Mm -hmm. And that I, I, I believe strongly that I have a, a message that's embedded in my life by my story, how God has met me and how he has led me. And so anybody who intersects with me, I have that opportunity because it's the message that we live. The message is not what I'm talking. Uh, if I haven't lived it, then, then there is a authority that I'm missing out on, because I think there's authority that God's given us to speak, whether we use scripture for references or not, uh, but there's truth that we speak, and it comes out of a life where we're living what, we, what we've been professing, and that's true also for the for the baby steps, right? You better be, you better be living the baby steps and, and budgeting and the same thing, right? So I think it's just a matter of the more that we practice what we preach, there is a authority. No credit cards. All debit. <laughs> There's an authority. Uh, I think that's one thing about that drew me to Dave Ramsey early on was when that man talked, I felt the authority on his life and in and, and his words. And even, you know, that say that about Jesus, they never heard a man speak, speak with that. There was authority in what he said, because he was, he was truly authentic and he was the son of God and he knew it and he lived it. And I think we, we have that, we have that same thing is that the more that we authentically believe and practice, there is a direct correlation to impact in somebody's life. And you mentioned that authority. It's, it's not a stamp of authority type of thing. It's a right. credible authority mm -hmm. type of thing. Yes. And, right. and we know that we focus really intently throughout all of the coach training on helping coaches become competent, confident, and credible. And this is one of those areas. And so one of the questions that I saw popping up earlier in the chat box was about how 
how we do or don't involve our own faith in our coaching and how important is it for our clients to know where we stand. So talk about that for a second here, guys. How important is it for your clients to know where you stand? Is it important at all? Massively important? Not at all important? What do you all think? How important is it that your clients know where you stand and why? I don't think it's as, as, as important that they know where I stand religiously. But, but here's what I do think is that if you're, if you're interacting with the Ramsey organization, for the most part, there is, a, there is an understanding that you should have uh, because of how Dave has led our, our company and, our, and what we do from that perspective. So uh, I feel like there, there's an area for me to, to just have some presumption that you're going to understand I, I'm coming from that perspective. I know not everyone in the, in the coaching team, so to speak. May, may share that, but but here in the Ramsey organization, I'm, I guess I can speak from that since I am officially a part of this, is that there there is a sense to which that does probably understood, but at the same time, it, you know, it it doesn't matter as long as as long as we're coaching them through what we've been trained to do, and whether whether or not they get my perspective doesn't matter. But I do know my story often is a way to help people see how this can play out in your life. And so we can definitely stick to the baby steps and how that, how we've walked through that and how, and different challenges that came up. Um, but it, it, you know, in the end, with my personal perspective on, on religion is not going to mean that I, we can't be an effective coach. Yeah. Yeah. I come back to, how much of your interaction with your client should be about you and how much of it should be about them? I'm often spending very little time talking about myself or my coaching practice, and I'm trying quickly to get to learning more about them. Now, that doesn't mean this stuff doesn't come up. It doesn't, I, I think a lot of this comes up naturally through your bearing through your authenticity that we just talked about. And that as people ask, of course, you know, I'll give them a, a solid answer. Really where I think the majority of this part of the conversation is going to come into play is as you build relationship and trust with people, you never know when something may come up, when an opportunity may come up for you to dive a little bit deeper into this side of your coaching practice, uh, where you can flex some of that muscle. But if you're starting from very first conversation, hammering people with tons of information and talking points about this is me, this is my coaching practice, these are my values, these are blah, 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 and you're just continuing to talk, they're learning a lot about you, but you're not learning very much about them. And the moment that that interest falls away in that initial conversation, they're like, great, thanks for the information, and they've moved on. Now, did you get a coaching client out of that? Not at that time. Maybe they'll come back later. But especially in the first part of your relationship building with someone, questions are a lot more powerful in engaging in conversation and building relationship and trust than information dumps and uh, value checklists, right? Now, you may have, to our discussion earlier, you may have some boundaries that you've set for your coaching practice that you want to make sure you go through some of those in the consultation process as you're getting ready to move them into being a client of yours and going through your client agreement. That's fine. But I think a lot of this comes just more naturally. And then it seems less forced as well, if that makes sense. So one of the things that's, that's really, really interesting, and I mentioned this in the chat box when we were talking about this idea, I, I do believe in a situation like this, the Pareto principle applies. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Pareto principle, it's the 80-20 rule. Uh, came out of, for example, real estate, that 20% of real estate agents will sell 80% of the real estate that is out there and available. And it's, it's kind of like the Russian nesting dolls as you go down of those real estate agents, 20% of those agents will sell 80% and 20% of those will sell 80% and on and on and on. And I think the Pareto principle of the 80-20 rule often applies in our coaching as well. Um, again, I've been reading through the things in the chat box here throughout. 
Um, really, really great discussion. And one of the comments, yes, they're not paying for us to talk about our struggles, our situations, our things. At the same time, coaching is a relational pursuit. And it is disingenuous of us to think that our clients are not interested in who we are and how we got to where we are, because that's one of the reasons that they're willing to hire a coach. And in many cases, cases pay well to be coached because they want somebody that they know. There's a reason that people have gravitated towards Dave Ramsey over the years. And a lot of it is that they know his story, not every element of it. And, and the basis version of Dave's story can be told in about 30 seconds. Made a bunch of money being stupid, lost a bunch of money not under his own control, found his way into bankruptcy, learned about how to handle things on the way out. Now has been teaching people how to do this for 30 plus years. Boom, done. Now, that's not the same thing as monologuing. It's not the same thing as, hey, let me tell you about everything I've ever accomplished. Let me tell you about all the things. I've, let me tell you how great I am in the beginning of a coaching session. That's going to go really, really poorly, very, very quickly. But one of the interesting things, this was a study done from the counseling world. And again, I understand that counseling and coaching are very, very different, but there's also some big similarities. And one of the studies that came out of the counseling world was looked at what made counseling effective and impactful and useful. Scientifically speaking, what could they verify with actual evidence, evidence and data made it worthwhile? And they tested a whole bunch of different things. And what they found is there were really only two variables that meant anything at all, only two. And these are in not any particular order, but one of those variables was that the professional adhered to a theory that was backed up. Not just some crazy harebrained idea, but what was something that was actually backed up with practice, with evidence that we know it was true or accurate. And the other one was the ability of the professional to build relationship with the client. And so one of the things to think about is when we're using our faith, when we're using, using our authenticity, is it because we're building a relationship with a client that we can rely on to help us through some difficult moments with that client? Or is it because we're trying to turn the client into our own listener, our own fence post? If, if at any point you find that you and your client have swapped roles and they feel like the coach, things have gone horribly wrong. And this can happen. We, we can sometimes get so stuck in our own stories that we, we just we realize, oh my gosh, I just spent 30 minutes talk, talking about my own story. Whoops. But at the same time, if if somebody's coming to you, they want that personal connection. The, the goal of coaching is never to be a talking head. If you're a talking head as a coach, you're missing it. And you're not going to have the impact that you want to have. But there's an element of really living in connection with other people. And so I think that's one of the huge elements of, of making sure that we are keeping some of this right in the front of our minds. Let me also ask you this, how, especially for, for Erwin and Justin here, how does your faith impact your ability to keep going when you have sessions that don't go well? When you get frustrated, broken down, torn apart by something, what, if any, role does your faith have in keeping you moving forward then? Yeah, it's... For me, my, my faith is the fuel that fires a lot of what I do. Um, I think where, where this has really helped me in one of, the, one of the most tangible, practical ways is keeping me humble. That's one thing that I've appreciated about the Christian faith specifically uh, a lot for me is, is God tends to keep me humble. And so... When I recognize, oh man, that, that interaction didn't go great. That conversation didn't go well, or, oh man, I really messed that one up. Or uh, <laughs> that was a terrible question. Why did I phrase it that way? Right. We can, I, I can't, I'll say, I won't say we, I can tend to beat myself up a lot 
but one of the benefits to the Christian walk and the Christian faith for me is that I know that I have an intrinsic worth and it's not wrapped up in me and my performance. And that helps a lot for someone who's critical of himself like I am. And I think I'll leave it there. I, I remember uh, early on when I started coaching one-on-one, uh, I had I had sessions with Tim and Les <laughs> quite a few times because uh, I felt completely uh, like I was doing a terrible job. And I think some of you who may be uh, starting out in coaching probably feel that way as well some days. Uh, but I think oh, what balances that is I understand I'm I'm in process. I'm practicing. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfected. And so if I have those sessions where I don't feel like it goes well, then I then personally, I know I can go talk to the Lord about that. And I also have people in my life. Like Tim Mann, who who I know uh, can help me process that. So I think for me, it's like one, I know I'm not perfected yet. So I'm in process and I'm, I have permission to make mistakes if I do, but I can learn from those. And I'm very thankful to have people in my life that I can go to and go, hey, help me process this. So I think for me, it's always that desire to uh, keep learning and keep growing as a coach. And some of the best learning moments is when you have a bad session, <laughs> when, mm -hmm. when you just, it doesn't go well. And so that's my opportunity to go, okay, you know, what can I learn from this situation? So next time I'll be better prepared for that. And, and I think we've said this a lot, coaches need coaches, right? So humble ourselves. So my faith teaches me to be humble. And so that when I can admit that I'm not all that, uh, that's an area where I can receive instruction, counsel and help so I can be a better coach. Mm -hmm. It is really interesting as, as we're thinking about these things. Uh, I wanna call this out from Sarah here in the chat box. And what if you almost start crying during a session? Some stuff can be hard. Yeah, I did that yesterday. So it's not like it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with showing an emotion in front of a client and mm -hmm. inside of coaching. Right now, I know some of you have, have multiple disciplines on here and, and do some other things. And, and there are times when it's not appropriate to, to cry in front of a client that you may have. For example, if you're also in like outside sales, probably not the greatest idea to cry in front of somebody you're trying to sell something to. I get that, right? Uh, that, that could be a thing. Um, but th there's nothing wrong with, with showing emotion. And there's nothing wrong with tapping into that and, and making use of that. Um, th there are times in our lives that we're going to experience things that our clients are going to find out about. And that we then have an opportunity in how we live that out moving forward in front of them to have a huge impact or not. So as an example of this, because you all know real talk, we get real, we sometimes get vulnerable. Uh, back when I was much earlier on in my counseling career, before becoming a coach, and even though I was actually a licensed mental health counselor before, kept the license, but I focused on coaching now. Um, about five and a half years ago at this point, my dad passed away and I ended up taking about a month and a half out of the counseling office, um, both the emotions of it and the practicalities of things that needed to be handled uh, in that time. And each of the clients that I had to various extents knew that something bad had happened because I was working with them. And then all of a sudden I'm gone for a number of weeks. And, and I remember with the different clients based on the relationship I had with them, letting them know at various levels why I had been out and why I had been gone for so long. And certainly I had some clients who were small children and that was a very, very different conversation than the 30 something, 40 something male clients that I was working with because their, their ability to understand and process that was very, very different. And the same thing can happen inside of a coaching practice. I was talking to a coach yesterday who went through a massive trauma over the summer. 
and took some time away from their coaching practice. And their clients were highly understanding. And when this coach restarted their practice after taking some time away, all of their clients came back and were understanding in that point. And so there are going to be times that it's not because we want our clients to be our support system. Our clients should not ever be our support system. But we do want to build real relationship, real interpersonal human relationship. And sometimes that requires that we share some small elements of what's occurring in our lives, especially when there's things like this that have to be dealt with. But the interesting thing is how you live that out going forward does something really powerful inside of your relationship with this client. Lots of clients go through trauma and turn to spending as a way to cope with their trauma. That's the reality. If you go through a trauma and you seek out healthy and appropriate ways to handle it, and you have a client that says, hey, how are you doing? I know you've recently been through this major loss. How are you doing? And you're able to say, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for asking. I've been connecting with a good counselor. I've been connecting with my good support group. I'm taking time to take care of myself. I appreciate it. Then you also earn that opportunity as your clients go through things to ask, well, how are you doing that? You earn the right to go deeper. And so some of you have read some of the other books we've talked about around here. Some of you have come across things like The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. And in that book, they say that a coach can't take somebody deeper than they've been willing to go themselves. This is how we earn that right to go deeper. And so again, at no point are we trying to make it all about ourselves. And if we're talking about ourselves to talk about ourselves, we're missing it. We're not being present for the client. But if we never talk about ourselves, if we try to keep ourselves completely removed, we remove the human element in a service that is uniquely human. Coaching is uniquely human. At no point will a book or a technology or a video or anything be able to replicate or replace coaching. And it starts with having an actual solid faith foundation in your worldview, whatever your worldview is. And so as, as far as some action steps as we're winding down on our time here, I'm going to challenge all of you on this call, all 300 plus of you that were here live and everyone else that gets to jump in on the recording. Spend some time in these next weeks, months, maybe even take some time over the course of a year to really investigate in yourself. What are those core foundational things for me? What are the things that bare minimum label my worldview and incorporate my worldview? And how does that impact how I coach people? For me, again, y'all at Ramsey Solutions, we have not exactly hidden this real well. Like we are literally building a building, calling it a light on a hill, which is directly out of Matthew chapter six, right? That is, that is who we are. No surprises, right? For 30 years, Dave has ended the radio show with, there's only one way to uh, have financial peace and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. We're not shy about it. For me, that view tells me people are created in the image of God and therefore have the inherent intrinsic worth of being created in the image of God. That all of my clients deserve at least that level of dignity from me, even the ones that annoy me, even the ones that don't want to follow through, even the ones that don't want to do the stuff that we talk about. That's still a human being created in God's image who deserves the dignity and respect of that position. And, and so that's why it's so important that we know these things. And by the way, when you live these things out with your clients, they'll notice. You don't have to put a cross on a necklace for somebody to figure out what you believe. You don't have to tattoo it on your arms, although again, you can do any of those things you'd like. But if you live this stuff out, people start to take notice. And people gravitate towards the people that they want to connect with. They'll gravitate towards the people they believe can help them. Erwin, Justin, some final thoughts as we're winding down our last few minutes here together today. Well, I think it's a privilege to coach. It's an honor to, to be invited into someone's life and to walk with them for a period of time to help them with their money because that's such a, a critical part of life. And I think the way we operate here is wisdom is wisdom. Truth is truth. Compassion is compassion. No matter if we believe in the God 
that I believe in, those things for me are still true. And we can operate on that and help someone. I remember Les told me a long time when I first started this one-on-one coaching and I was stumbling over myself and, and all thinking about myself most of the time early on. And he just asked me a simple question. Are you helping them? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I, I, for me, I, that's really the bottom line. Am I able to come in and help someone in that in that time of their life? And that's really what I try to focus on. Justin, how do I top that? Oh, gosh. Why Tim had to be a competition? Tim, Tim had a great response, and then Erwin had a great response. Now I got to come up with something. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just encourage you guys that are on the call. Like Tim said, I echo that challenge. Get in there and dig into what are your core beliefs and live that authentic life. Really do. There's nothing wrong with being more authentic with your clients. Uh, you know, do it time appropriate, right? Don't slam people when you first meet them or do and see how that works for you, right? You can always try things. <laughs> you can always try things. We're okay with trying things, testing stuff out here. Um, but find what's, what's really going to work well for you. Because at the end of the day, your clients are craving connection and they've hired you as their financial coach. They haven't hired Dave. They haven't hired any of us here on this call. They've hired you. And so be yourself, know yourself, and go out and help them in every way that we can. I love what Sherry just said here in the chat box. My beliefs lead my speech and behavior and never dictate anyone else's. It's powerful, y'all. So know your belief system. Understand what you believe and why you believe it, because it's important. Let that direct how you coach, who you are, the authenticity that you walk into each and every session with. Let that be the guiding factor in the decisions that you make. Be thinking about what am I saying to my marketplace? What am I saying to my prospective clients when I say something out loud, when I put something on a social media platform, when, uh, when, when any of these things happen, what do these things say about us? How am I presenting myself and how am I viewing the people around me? What, what's the lens through which I see the people that God has put in my path? And again, if you've been with us for this hour and you don't have a belief in God, that's right. We're happy to have that conversation with you. Just like we talked about authentically open with whatever questions we can ask and help answer happy to do it. If you're here and this was an encouragement to you to do something different, awesome. If you're here this morning and this was an encouragement to you to keep doing exactly what you've already been doing and you walk away from this call realizing everything you were doing was exactly where it needed to be, awesome. That's what real talk is for here, y'all. Now, do we get to all the things today? No. Like Aaron had said earlier in the call, we're not going to unravel this in an hour. And of course, uh, we got Frank asking where my Star Wars reference is, right? So um, <laughs> it, it, it almost feels weird to throw a Star Wars reference in on a call about faith. Because Let me say this on this topic. And again, it's not going to go off the rails, I promise. I really enjoy Star Wars. I really enjoy the story. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy a lot about it. And for me, one of the most important parts is it helps me to understand my faith deeper. It helps me to illustrate my faith deeper. The reason I use Star Wars illustrations so often in different things is it's a great way to connect with people in a way that they may understand. Throughout the scripture, God found ways to speak through people, to give them imagery, to help other people understand what that message was. So that, that's why I do it. That's why I love it. And so that's, that's the closest we're going to have to a, a Star Wars reference for me today. Y'all, go be your authentic self. Go integrate your faith into your coaching. And, and for those of you that that faith is, is a faith wired in the word of Jesus Christ, y'all, what a great opportunity we have to take care of people's felt needs 
so that we earn the right to talk to them about the spiritual needs. Dave says this around here all the time, getting people out of debt's a real neat trick. But if we get to introduce them to Jesus, that's what it's really all about. That's why we're here. So thank you for being here. Thank you for investing this hour of your time with us. Uh, we will see you on the next one again. We do record these. Uh, keep an eye on your Real Talk recording link on the left side of your screen in FCMT. Uh, do give us a little bit of time. We've got one guy currently with a technological capability of adding these things in because Erwin, Justin, and I are not that person. We do not have the technological know-how. Uh, I am authentically not that type of guy. <laughs> I am authentically a terrible millennial who doesn't truly understand technology. So we have people on the team to do that. So uh, do uh, keep looking for that and keep encouraging one another. Y'all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we do these about twice a month, always on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Uh, keep an eye on your emails as well. And we will keep doing these. It's going to be a blast. But until we meet again, thank you so much. Have a great week, everybody. Take care and God bless y'all.